This episode is sponsored by Smart. Shop smart, shop Smart. Hello and welcome to this episode of Paranormal Hotline. Paranormal Hotline is a weekly escape from the everyday hustle and bustle. A safe space where you can avoid things making too much sense for too long. For out there, there is too many things one would call usual. That is all to say, it is a podcast that comes out weekly and is about the strange and paranormal, and often cats. This week we were sent a lovely hand-bound book made of some sort of leather and inked in human blood. Unfortunately, I don't have a reel-to-reel tape player, so we cannot listen to the tape that came with it. I'm sure it would have been enlightening. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Kaylee. Kaylee, how are you? Disappointed, I'm sure, that we cannot decode the Necronomicon ex mortis this week. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I'm good, Oshin. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty good. H- handling it well. Handling what well? Ah, Hands- uh, you know, <laughs> life. Okay. <laughs> We were we were at the cinema on the weekend and we watched new Evil Dead movie. Evil Dead Rise that got me thinking. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise, very enjoyable. Um, in a in a spooky way. It was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> there was a woman who left at the start of the movie with her husband and she never came back. <laughs> yeah. Her husband came in and watched the whole movie by himself and I think she just waited somewhere else. <laughs> like, what a champ. <laughs> you could just see him running out of the cinema the minute it finished because he knew he was going to get in trouble when he got home. Oh shit, the wife. <laughs> yeah, it was very good though. Oh. I really enjoyed it. It's the first time in a while yeah. I've been kind of like spooked going into the movie, you know? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to yeah. get. So uh, yeah, so inspired by all that horror, I was I was possessed to do research on a possession case. Um, now it's not exactly uh, Deadite or Sam Raimi. It's actually more Robert Eggers with the witch. When you you take into account the the location and date, but um, interestingly, it predates the Salem witch trials by like twenty years. Oh, that's actually like really close um, to the Salem witch trials. It has similar terms of what you end up seeing at that time as well. So. Let's go back in time and have a look at it. Wee! Hop into the old time Wee, machine there. That's the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> the washing machine just like gets spun. If you spin fast um, enough, you'll feel like you're going back in time. <laughs> it's a concussion. <laughs> um, so the time is 1671 AD, and we're visiting the town of Groton. Groton was settled around 1655 as part of the plantations of New England. For reference... It's 32 miles northwest of Boston and about 40 miles away from Salem. Like most settlements in that neck of the woods at the time, it was predominantly Puritan in religion and thusly their governance. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. So quick one. The Puritans. What are they all about? In brief, uh, back in the day, Henry VIII created the Church of England, like a Protestant church, as a split away from the Roman Catholic Church, which had gotten kind of excessive um, and in their eyes very corrupt. No, he just wanted to get uh, divorced. <laughs> he also wanted to, yeah, so he wanted to get a divorce. This is the reality. He wanted a divorce and the Pope denied him that. So he did like a pro-gamer move that was the English Reformation. Yeah. So then the mid-16th century, some of the reformers of that, they were like, lads, you unpoped the church, but you didn't go far enough. And they kind of believed that they hadn't, you know, gone hard at purifying and going back to like pure Bible. Oh, I didn't know that. I was just assuming like, they yeah, were. Yeah, they just, were like. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's really cool. No, they thought like the they thought like the Church of England uh, had still too many carryovers from uh, Catholicism. Yeah, 
like the the ro- wearing the robes and all this. It was and like you know, uh, bishops still lived in fancy houses. There was a bunch of people. They weren't. Ha- they they wanted like further reformation essentially. Um, and the Puritans were some of those guys. Um, a notable English Puritan, by the way, was Cromwell. He's a prick. Yeah, boo. We boo. need the soundboard. Boo, Cromwell. <laughs> Dickhead. Anyway, a bunch of Puritans, they were like, we'll go start our own country with absolutely no blackjack or hookers. And they went to North America with the Pilgrim Colonists. Uh, as, because in England, the reign of James I and then his son, Charles I, they were like putting in increasingly intolerant controls on Puritan worship and kind of other forms of worship. James I, by the way, he wrote a book called Demonology. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What? Um, it's a, it's a, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, demonology. It's a book about demons, black magic, necromancy, and witchcraft. James the first. Mm. That's insane. I didn't. What? I mean, I'll have, I'll have to do a dive on it and do an episode. Yeah, that's um, insane. I've seen some stuff online. There's a, uh, a fellow on YouTube does like uh, a dramatic reading of the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Tonshai Films, unreal, very good. So. The Puritans fuck off to North America and they settled at the Massachusetts Bay Colony. The Puritans were very strict and they believed in a literal interpretation of the Bible. They believed in, like, mean, judgy God. They also thought that God had chosen a few people, the elect, to be, uh, to be for salvation. And the rest of humanity was condemned to eternal damnation. Wait, so he pre-selects no one... who goes to heaven? Basically. I think so, yes. Yes, it was predestined. But... No one really knew if he or she were saved or damned, so they lived in a constant state of spiritual anxiety. God almighty, that is like... Yeah, I think that's just anxiety That's inducing. how one crowd put it anyway. <laughs> so it could, it could, you know, that could be one crowd putting this bit on it. But, and so they were like always searching for like signs of like, God's happy with me, God's angry at me. Right, so like say if your crops failed yeah. or something, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm yeah, damned forever. Like that. Damn. Yeah, it's kind of like what, it's kind of like how we were saying, like you know, if you believe in in a curse or you believe in bad luck, you start noticing yeah. it. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Um, I ish. That's just cruel. Um, I know, right? Who would come up with that? <laughs> Puritan society was patriarchal, with men holding most of the political and economic power, and women expected to submit to their husbands and f- fulfill domestic roles. Yeah, no shock there. Um, and work incredibly hard. Uh, especially in these colonies. Education was highly valued and Puritans believed in the importance of literacy and religious instruction. So the church played a central role in daily life and they had regular attendance at services, strict adherence to religious doctrine. There was like, they had punishments for religious or moral transgressions and they could be severe, like uh, you'd be publicly shamed, fined or like banished. Uh, And then, you know, we, we see, you know, hangings as well. You know, Jesus um, Christ! It's really weird when you think about it. Like they're going back to the Bible and they're like picking up on all these things to get their rules. When there's like very literally a rule in the Bible that's like, "Don't kill, thou shall not kill." Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a big one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's 1671, and Elizabeth Knapp is a 16 year old girl working as a servant in the house of Samuel Willard, who was a preacher. Um, Samuel Willard's whole thing was these these sermons he would do about damnation and like your obedience to God. Um, actually, <laughs> the funny one here. Um, my last school mass before I finished like the leaving cert and like entered the big bad world. The sermon we got was like 
fire and brimstone uh, damnation. What? You're going to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they choose to send <laughs> off with that one? Like, I don't know. Not a positive it, it, message I think or anything? Co- like... I don't know. It's, it was funny because, like, so it was 2012 and your man goes from, like, a throwaway line about, oh, yeah, haha, the Mayans predicted the end of the world. And then he was like, the end of the world is in the Bible, too, you know? <laughs> and then just goes off oh my God. about, like, you know, if, you do, if you're not good, you're, you're like, that's it, you're damned. And I was like, what is going on? Anyway, that's a side note. God, Oshin, <laughs> no wonder you're so anxious all the time. Don't get me started. <laughs> So Willard, he was a man for delivering these sort of like sermons, how important it was to follow God. So what a shock it was for then for Elizabeth working for him in his house when she showed signs of a demonic possession. (laughs) What did she do? Like speak to him or something? Oh, just you wait. She flashed an ankle by accident or something. (laughs) You better tell me she like fucking sticks to the ceiling and spits fire or something. It's got to be something good. Well, I have a good account of it. All right. Because, like all good Puritans, Samuel Willard kept a journal, which was kind of like how like they'd write down how they noticed the signs of God on their day. Journaling was like a big thing in their life, Oh, it seems. Why is it always like the religious people that kept possessed by demons, you know? It's always like the I Catholic know. families or the Puritans or whatever. <laughs> There's never atheists getting <laughs> possessed by demons. I'm, I'm sure it's something like the power something has over you is like directly proportional to the amount of like fear you have of it. Yeah, I mean, I assume like it, if demons are like actually from like hell, like the Catholic hell or whatever, then it's like they're trying to get rid of the believers the most, I assume, you know? Yeah. Like that's who they target. Yeah, they're, they're fighting. They're fighting a war yeah. or something. <laughs> I'll just stay out of it. And uh, <laughs> you know, you've a pr- you've a prime target painted on your back, like you know. Yeah, poor Elizabeth. Poor Elizabeth, indeed. So yeah, he he carefully noted the whole event that happened over a series of months from October thirtieth, sixteen seventy one, to January twelfth, sixteen seventy two. And I have his account of the events from letters that he sent to a Puritan minister named Cotter, uh, Cotton Maher, and he titled it. And this is a great name. Just just, it's. It's very wordy. I enjoy it. A brief account of the strange and unusual provid- uh, providence of God befallen to Elizabeth Knapp of Groton by me, Samuel Willard. Just to let you know that it's him writing it, you know. <laughs> so also looking at the date, it begins at Halloween time. Like on Halloween day? Well, it begins on the 30th of October. All right, that's pretty cool. So around that time. Pretty close to the, 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 um, the thinning of the veil, as you put it. Yeah. Although the Puritans most definitely did not celebrate or abide with Halloween. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't think I they celebrated why. full stop. No. You know? They did have some, but, like, they they didn't... It was very, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a, a big merry time. No. They didn't do Christmas or anything like that. you think Christmas would be the one that they did do. They, no, they'd not, not in the same sort of big celebration. Or anything. Yeah, I suppose. They didn't do toasts. Like, they didn't mind drinking, but you couldn't, like... They, they didn't, like, you, like... A toast you to, to your be, health. You had to drink and be depressed. You couldn't be, drink and be happy about it. <laughs> That's a sin. No, it was, they were like, oh, it's a very pagan thing. It's a pagan carryover. So none of that. A toast. A toast is pagan. Yeah. Uh, bizarre. Yeah. First signs that Elizabeth showed were pains throughout her body. Willard wrote, A little before she went to bed, sitting by the fire, she cried out, Oh, my legs, and clapped her hand on them. Immediately, oh, my breast, and removed her hands thither and forthwith. Oh, I am strangled, and put her hands on her throat. Those that observed her could not see 
what to make of it, whether she was in earnest or disassembled. And in this manner, they left her, accepting the person that lay with her, complaining of her breath being stopped. Jesus. The next day, she was in a strange frame, as was observed by several, sometimes weeping, sometimes laughing, and many foolish and apish gestures. Foolish and apish. She had these... Yeah, so she was having these pains, and then, like, the next day, she was having mood swings, attitudes, and, like... Yeah, well, you would if you were in pain, like... (laughs) Moving around, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then... She started having hallucinations and fits. In the evening, going into the cellar, she shrieked suddenly, and being inquired of the cause, she answered that she saw two persons in the cellar, whereupon some went down with her to search, but found none. She also looking with them. At last, she turned her head, and looking one way steadfastly, used the expression, What cheer, old man? They that were with her took for a fantasy, and so ceased afterwards the same evening. The rest of the family, being in bed, she was, as one lying in the room saw, and she herself also afterwards related, suddenly thrown down to the midst of the floor with violence and taken with a violent fit, whereupon the whole family was raised, and with much ado she was kept out of the fire from destroying herself, after which time she was followed with fits from thence till the Sabbath day, in which she was violent in bodily motions, leapings, strainings and strange agitations, scarce to be bound in the strength by three or four, Violent also in roarings and screamings, representing a dark resemblance of hellish torments, and frequently using in these fits several words, sometimes crying out, money, money, sometimes, sin and misery with other words. My God, poor woman. I mean, like, by all accounts so far, nothing paranormal has happened. It sounds like she just had, like, I don't know any, I don't know exactly because I'm not a doctor what medically would have happened here, but it sounds like... A stroke or yeah. something, right? Uh, well, not a stroke, but a, a bad time. Yeah, a bad time. Seizure, almost. Yeah, yeah, be. yeah. Probably something um, more like that. Well, uh, the devil starts uh, making an appearance. Oh, lovely. <laughs> we'll get that uh, right after this. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help it out. We have a Patreon. That's a way to directly support the podcast. A little money will go a long way to help us put out an episode every week, and you'll get access, access to our Discord. We're always chatting and posting stuff about and in between episodes. That's over at www.patreon.com forward slash paranormal hotline. We are on social media, and if you are too, you should consider following us there. On Instagram, we are paranormal hotline, and that's where we post pictures from our adventures and investigations. On Twitter, we are paranormal HL, and that's a good place to get in touch with us. Finally, you can help us out for free by rating it wherever you listen to it. And don't forget to subscribe to it if you want to get it as soon as it comes out each week. So then he notes on the 2nd of November that Elizabeth confessed to a meeting with the devil. She, she confessed to a meeting with the devil. <laughs> <sighs> On Thursday night, she break forth into a large confession. In the presence of many, the substance whereof amounted to thus much. The devil had oftentimes appeared to her, presenting the treaty of a covenant, preferring largely to her such things as suited her youthful fancy. Money, silks, fine clothes, ease from labour to show the whole world, and that it had been three years since his first appearance, occasioned by her discontent. That, at first, his apparitions had been more rare, but lately more frequent. Yea, those few weeks that she had dwelt with us, almost constant, that she seldom went out of one room into another, but he appeared to her urging of her, and that he had presented her a book written with the blood of covenants, that he urged upon her constant temptations to murder her parents, her neighbours, our children, especially the youngest, tempting to throw it into the fire, 
on the hearth into the oven and that once he put a bill hook into her hand to murder myself, persuading her I was asleep. But coming about it, she met me on the stairs, at which she was affrighted. Time I remember well, and observed a strange frame in her countenance, and I saw she endeavoured to hide something, but I knew not what, neither did I at all suspect any such matter, and that often he persuaded her to make away with herself. And once she was going to drown herself in the well, for looking into it she saw such sights as allured her, and was gotten within a curb and was by God's providence prevented. Whoa. That's that's a, ma- a major confession. That's a lot. That's a massive <laughs> confession. What, like, so. what? <laughs> the devil is basically like, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? And she was like, yes. And he was like, yes. go drown yourself in a well. <laughs> <laughs> like My man, Black Philip, showing up. Yeah. But like... She, it says that the de- what the the Lord's light saved her from drowning herself in the well. I'm like, did God show up too? Did He come along and save her? Yeah. Something snapped her out of it. Oh well, that yeah, I think it would be better if God showed you up know? than like the devil and the God like <laughs> played cards or whatever. That would be cool uh, for yeah. her soul. So, like the devil and his like book of covenants, which is like classic, you know. Yeah. It's written in blood. That's nuts. That's but insane. Then, but what gets me is like the level of violence that she said that she was being told to do for him. Yeah. To him and the people and herself, like, and a child, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Throw the child into the fire, throw the fo- child into the oven. Those are some intrusive thoughts there, all right? That's what I was thinking. No, I was I was like, I, I was wondering if it's like, a, like, you know, if it's coming up to the surface, like an internalized guilt sort of thing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the know? confession. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense because, like, they wouldn't really understand that back then, you know? Like, that... Yeah. Everyone has intrusive thoughts. It doesn't mean you're going to do yeah. it. It's not the devil telling you no. these things either. Just because you had this thought no. doesn't mean you were ever going to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when you're up high and you get like the call of the void. The, uh, call of, call the, of void. the void. Or, <laughs> yeah. As they, as they say in, uh, in in France, where the term comes from, l'appel du vide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've had many calls like, of the void, all right? <laughs> yeah. I used to be really bad at processing them. What do you mean? Not that calls the void, but but like intrusive thoughts. What do you mean bad at processing them? Did you think the devil was bad telling pro- you? I, I, uh, pretty much. Uh, not the devil, but I used to get like, you know, incredibly guilty over them. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Well, like I, I since learned. Yeah, but like imagine if you that, were like, back you know, in the, what was this, the 1500s? That's what I'm, yeah. You would probably like, assume it was the devil as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like this whole idea of having to process guilt over things you shouldn't need feel guilty for. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I can't help but believe uh, uh, I can't help but feel that the belief of an omniscient God judging you for your thoughts that can't help that yeah that's nuts actually I never really thought about that <laughs> that God can you know, like hear the, your thoughts or whatever your, your... yeah where is God God is everywhere you know yeah that can't be good and he's the incredibly judgy God <laughs> yeah he's the really judgy well like they you know yeah and she's living with like a, a was he a priest or bishop a preacher. Well, she was living with a preacher too, so that can't help either. You know, you're having these horrible thoughts, and then you're turning around and looking right into your preacher's eyes. You know, yeah, you're in the house. Like. I'd say it's it's probably coupled with some sort of uh, uh, mental health issue as well. You know, he notes that her fits get worse when he's around. Whenever I came in presence, she fell into those fits. Concerning which fits, I find this noteworthy. She knew and understood what was spoken to her, but could not answer nor use any other words. But the forementioned money, etc., 
as long as the fit continued, for when she came out of it, she could give a relation of all that had been spoken to her, so she could tell you what was said. She also declared that she had seen the devils in their hellish shapes, and more devils than any one there ever saw in the world. She was seeing the devils? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I could deal with that. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to have these nightmares about like this devil-looking monster, and that was enough to terrify the life out of me, and that was just a dream. Like, I don't doubt that she was probably seeing these things, but, like, we know nowadays that it probably was something that was mental health-related, but it can't, like, you know, yeah, it's still real up. to her, you know? Absolutely. We're having a very scientific understanding of it today. <laughs> to be fair, it's one of those stories that, like, in yeah, retrospect, yeah. we kind of understand what's happening now. I mean, yeah, it's the same with Salem, like. Yeah, exactly. Willard had her seen by a physician. It's kind of one of the things that's noted about this. Yeah, that's unusual. And maybe it's because the whole trials kicked off. It's like he very much wanted to see what was going on. So he had her seen by a physician who judged a main point of her distemper to be natural, arising from the foulness of her stomach and corruptness of her blood, occasioning fumes in her brain and strange fantasies. What? Uh, so that good science there, good science shout. <laughs> um, I'm joking, but yeah, again, it is kind of notable that he got a doctor and he didn't just go like shout a witch and like have her burnt. Yeah. But the doctor said it was in her blood. She just had bad blood. <laughs> you yes, got the ghosts, ghosts in, in your blood. blood. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's the end of the podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> um, the doctor, or the physician, shows up a couple of times in his notes. He does come back. Her fits continue with breaks, and she adds to her confessions of her twice consenting to travel with the devil in her company between Groton and Lancaster who accompanied her in the form of a black dog with eyes in his back, sometimes, stop, sometimes stopping her horse, sometimes leaping up behind. Ah, like the shook. The one that's seen in the UK is like a, the omen of death. Does he have eyes in his back? In his back? No, it's just a black dog. <laughs> oh, well, there's different eyes in his back. It, how can there be eyes in his back? I don't know. I'm wondering if it's like a turn of phrase for like he'd be looking around. Yeah, like eyes in the back of your head kind of thing. Yeah. On the 26th of November, he wrote... She was again with violence and extremely seized by her fits in such wise that six persons could hardly hold her, but oh she leaped and skipped about the house perforce roaring and yelling extremely and fetching deadly sighs as if her heartstrings would have broken. And looking with a frightful aspect to the amazement and astonishment of all the beholders of which I was an eyewitness. The physician being then again with her consent uh, consented that the distemper was diabolical <laughs> refused further to administer ref- advised to extraordinary fasting whereupon some of God's ministers were sent for she meanwhile continued extremely tormented day and night till Tuesday about noon having this added on Monday and Tuesday morning that she barked like a dog and bleated like a calf oh my god in which her organs were visibly made use of what he's saying about the organs I was like whoa that's a really grim thing to hear um, yeah that's no, it's pretty. like that they, they, they saw her as the source of the vo- uh, the source of the noise like it wasn't a phantom noise coming through her it was like she was producing it right right still that's a horrifying um, yeah oh yeah yeah uh, and then she had a fit lasting 48 hours you know oh my god just oh the poor woman that is horrific so after the fit uh, she remained in a catatonic state until the 6th of December and while she was in that state she confessed that she was in fact assaulted by the devil multiple times she also confessed to making the pact with the devil one day as she was alone in a lower room 
all the rest of us being in the chamber, she looked out the window and saw the devil in the habit of an old man coming over a great meadow. When he came, he demanded some of her blood, and she forthwith consented to, and with a knife cut her finger. Wait, so she did she know it was the devil, or did she think it was an old man? Yes, she suspected his, his design. So... <laughs> She's a Puritan, like, the devil comes along and just, just like, can I have some of your blood? And she's like, yes. Well, this is this is after, like, she has said a couple of times now if, in his letters that she was like, oh, I saw the devil and he tried to tempt me, but, oh, I didn't give in. And there was one time where he was looking for a knife so I could make the pact, but I couldn't find the knife. <laughs> All right. You know, and now, now this time, like, she's confessing to it. And with a knife, cut her finger... He caught the blood in his hand and then told her she must write her name in his book. She answered she could not write, but he told her he would direct her hand and then took a little sharpened stick and dipped in the blood and put it into her hand and guided it. And she wrote her name with his help that the term of time agreed upon with him was for seven years. One year she was to be faithful in his service and then the other six he would serve her and make her a witch. That's nuts. So... Yeah. Also in these weeks of Catatonia, he began, as the persons with her testify, by drawing her tongue out of her mouth most frightfully to an extraordinary length and greatness and many amazing postures of her body. So, so was it the devil or was it just like another demon, though? Because I find it hard to believe the devil possessed her, you know? Like, he's too busy, right? You'd think. Like, you would think he's busy ruling, ruling hell and he's not wandering around you know, New England or whatever. <laughs> uh, like, I wonder, like, can he, like, is it sort of like a hive mind thing of his possessions, you know? It's like, if he's, you know, is he, oh. is he that power? Like, he doesn't have to personally, yeah. like, direct through you. It's like, oh, that's it. He's got multiple you're chats possessed open. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're possessed now. A little chatbot kicks in. You know? <laughs> His little chatbot. <laughs> he's got, like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> AI generated demons. <laughs> mm. That's that's great. I like that. So what happens to her in the end then? Is mystery. Oh, right. But so we don't know if the devil ever left le- her? No. As far from my reading of it not really. No, it doesn't sound it's like just it. like she she's like fairly broken and just like the fits are less. Yeah. Um he does say like, you know, fits that would have had previously, you know, four people have to hold her. Now it's kind of managed by one person. Yeah. Damn. Oh, that poor so, woman, man. That's yeah. rough. Wasn't really a happy ending there, was it? No. <laughs> Although uh, not as bad as most of our witch trial episodes, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's great that he didn't immediately jump, like, hear the word <laughs> devil and immediately go jump to yeah. kill her, or burn her, hang her, or whatever. Like, that's that's insane to me, especially because it was so mm-hmm. close to the Salem witch trial. and like. It's pretty much like 20 years later. Yeah, like... The Tw- 20, people were very years and trigger, trigger happy to just kill witches like straight away so also like, I, like whatever way his head was like for a Puritan he was clued in like he, he goes like I'm not saying a scientific principle but like yeah you know he he, he breaks down his, his argument now I imagine a lot of that is like if you're an educated person that's the way your head would be yeah yeah he also um, like he's not cruel either you know no it's, it seems that he wants to be doing what's best like for her compassionately yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, two years later, he published a volume of sermons uh, that was called "Useful Instructions for People uh, for Professing People in Times of Great Security and Degeneracy." 
uh, delivered in several sermons on solemn occasions, uh, which was like three sermons. Uh, one of them was preached in consequence of this manifestation of the devil. So he gave a sermon oh, about it. Nice. <laughs> um, the fame or notoriety of this case, we can see it kind of spread far and wide throughout the colony. Oh, that's interesting. So it was kind of so they kind of all it. knew about it. Yeah. What do you think, Ailey? What like, we've kind of chatted throughout it, what it could have been. <laughs> yeah, I think um, my opinion is quite clear on it. <laughs> I think yeah. it was a case of um, <laughs> it was. I mean, there was some reason why she was convulsing like that, and I can't because I'm not yeah. a doctor say what it was. But I would reckon it's something medical and not a demonic possession. Yeah. So there's a theory that it could be what's called Huntington's chorea, uh, which comes from like the Greek word for dancer. So apparently eight people in every 10,000 or eight people in every 100,000 in Europe and North America suffer from it. It's like a deterioration deep in your brain. Oh, right. Um, Okay. But like some of the early se- things that can happen, it would be like, you know, uh, irregular movement can lead also to memory loss, schizophrenia, oh. um, that sort of thing. So like there's that. And then people are also like thinking it could be a response to the situation that she's in. I think there's kind of like, like with a lot of what they say about the like the witchcraft and like, oh, they were kids acting up. Yeah. Uh, or they were like, they, it was an act of rebellion. In the Salem witch trials, you mean? The Salem witch trials, yeah, yeah, and like kind of that's kind of like the uh, the modern study of historical witchcraft and trials take on this would be that you know it was a response to religious strictness. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yes, you, know, she, you know, like they're incredibly strict. So she's saying, you know, whatever. I'm possessed by the devil. She's rebelling against that. Yeah, I like that explanation. It's kind uh, of badass. Yeah, it is. And then like similarly, kind of like. It, it, it's kind of hard to separate the two because society was religious um, in terms of its governance. Yeah. But, you know, the whole work ethic, like there was a whole thing of like a Puritan work ethic. That was like a thing that came up in like the uh, 20th century in the book and such. And it's like this whole sort of uh, li- living very frugally but working incredibly hard. You got to work to feed the soul kind of thing. When she starts having fits, she's not required to do her work as a servant and in that ah, time and that right. sort of place a servant <laughs> would have been treated incredibly harshly you know if you if you were a woman you're already on on the the wrong half of society in terms of like your status and then again like you know you're not married in a family you're working for someone yeah like, as as a servant in the house and then like that that's even worse again yeah, so like you're your bottom tough. rung essentially yeah so this was like potentially doesn't have to do with the work but she can also channel it to speak out. Like, you know, speak her mind. Yeah, that's true too. And then also like develop uh, a status or notoriety because she gets known in the town. And then like I was saying, this case was known in the colonies, in the colony. So there's that sort of side of it there. And then also for consideration, she was possessed by the devil. <laughs> yeah, she was possessed you know? by the devil's AI. Uh, chatbot <laughs> yeah the chat yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the idea that she was using it as a means to rebel but like she wasn't yeah. gonna get the blame for it because you know she's possessed yeah. so it's kind of just like a a mask nearly for for rebellion which is really interesting and cool mm-hmm. i really like that yeah <laughs> and i never thought about that i just immediately jumped on mental health issues but or or health issues in general but that's way cooler 
<laughs> I, like the, I like that one. I'm going to definitely consider that for some of our other, like, because we do these kind of episodes every now and again where somebody does get possessed. And that's just, that's just something yeah. that never crossed my mind. So, yeah, I'll definitely be thinking about that future. Me too. If you like the podcast, suggest us to your friends and family. We'd appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover, send us an email or shoot us a message on any of our social media and we'll get back to you on it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.